everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday. I am so excited to be back where my heart has been planted. Wink, wink. We are talking about John 15 again because John 15 is the gift that keeps on giving. By the way, if this is your first Teachable Tuesday, uh, every Tuesday we go live to discover God's heart in his word and apply it to our lives. And that's exactly what we're about to do. But first, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen, come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are the Lord and giver of life. You are our life, our true life. Thank you for coming to make a home on the inside of us, for cleansing us, from all sin, for making us more like Jesus Christ, making us uh, more in the image of his light and his life. And Lord, I uh, pray that you would give that light to each one of us today on the inside, a light to reveal, Lord, where you are working and how you love, full of love, Lord, come into the room, come into our hearts, we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this weekend, I was talking to a friend, and she was sharing her heart. Just some of the things the Lord has been revealing to her, bringing up in prayer, kind of some scriptures that were all coming together. She was talking all about idols. Now, idols aren't really a very popular word. We don't like to think that we bow down and worship idols, especially not idols like in the time of Jesus or even in the Old Testament. I'm not necessarily talking about idols made of wood or stone or porcelain, false gods in an obvious sense, but those idols, things that we set above our love of God, things that are keeping us from deeper relationship with God because these idols, these false gods, they're getting our heart, our affection, our attention. And so the Lord very lovingly is revealing these ways that he's inviting her to give up these idols, to give up her uh, attention and affection for anything that is not of the Lord. And as she was talking, as she was sharing a bit of her own story and her own prayer, I felt very gently the Lord revealing some idols to me. Now, I wanna be clear with you about something. I have been praying about um, getting rid of any idols, asking the Lord to prune me, to cut away anything that's not of him, anything that's keeping me from him. You know, we've been talking a lot about John 15, but there was something really anointed about that conversation. And so as she shared what was coming up, the Lord very gently illuminated some areas of my life where I was giving too much of my security, too much of my attention. I was letting this situation or this relationship, even this word from the Lord carry too much weight and it was taking my eyes off of the Lord. And the thing is, the thing is I, I've been praying for weeks that the Lord would prune anything away that's not of him. And yet, it was in his perfect time, in his perfect love, that he revealed these things to me that I could never have seen 
on my own. Isn't that crazy? It's almost like God is real and alive because he is. He's real and he's alive. And he desires to come and to illuminate your own heart, your own conscience, your imagination, your will, your motivation. This is what he does. Jesus, the light of the world, comes in with his light. He sends us the Holy Spirit to illuminate anything in our lives that's keeping us from following him. And the beautiful thing about this revelation, this illumination, is that when the Lord brought these things up that I had been missing, they were total blind spots to me. I never would have thought of that friendship in that way or that prayer I've been kind of tucking in my heart, that hope I have. I wouldn't have called that an idol, but the Lord very gently, very lovingly illuminated it. And what came was peace. What came was joy. I actually felt free and excited. I couldn't wait to go to confession today because I don't want anything, anything to be an obstacle to my intimacy with the Lord. I don't want to hold anything in my heart higher than uh, the love of God and my pursuit of God. But friends, the good news is that that pursuit, it's not one-sided. It didn't start with me. You see, I've been going in with my John 15, with my pruning shears, looking at the vineyard of my life and wanting to cut away anything that is not of the Lord. I've been asking him, take it, take it, Lord, I'll give it to you. But nothing really came up. And I think the secret to that, the answer to that can be found in John 15. The answer to why I couldn't find it I couldn't identify it. I didn't know to snip it away. Is in John 15, chapter, or verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. That's it. That's the whole verse for today. In fact, I, I'm only going to talk about half of the verse. My Father is the vine grower. Your Father, God the Father, is the vine grower. You are not the vine grower. You do not own the vineyard. <laughs> you are not in charge of the vineyard. The father, your father is the vine grower. That means he has the plan. That means he's responsible for the health and the uh, cultivating of the vineyard. He's responsible for the fruit. He's tending to the growth. The father is the vine grower, not you. Did you know that not even your holiness is up to you, but everything originates in God, in the heart of God. I want to share with you this beautiful truth that actually kicks off the entire catechism of the Catholic Church. It's in the prologue. It's verse one. So first things first, the church is saying, God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. Okay, now here it comes. For this reason, at every time, in every place, God draws close to man. God draws close to man. There are so many times in the spiritual life that I have thought, it's all up to me. 
I'm not growing. There's not a lot of fruit. I feel stagnant. Prayer feels dry. Where is God? And in my own strength, I'm driving. I'm striving. I'm trying to get close to the Lord. You know, my prayer time is inconsistent and I'm not feeling it when I am there or I'm on the road and, and I'm out of my routine. I, I feel like when prayer isn't working, it's my fault because I'm not drawing close to the Lord. But friends, we've got to get rooted, rooted in this truth. It's so important to the church that it sets the stage for everything the church teaches. At every time, in every place, God draws close to man. That, that statement is for you. It's true about you right now. At every time, that means right now. Right now, God is drawing close to you. At every time, that means in your past, when you weren't sure where God was, when you look back and you, you think, I was alone. God wasn't with me. Why did that thing happen? Why did that bad thing happen? Why can't I move on from it? At every time, God draws close to me. And so friend, you, you were not alone. You've never been alone. At every time. That means anywhere, anytime you will exist, God is drawing close to you. This is a foundational truth of our lives. At every time and in every place. There's nowhere that you can go to escape from the loving pursuit, the gentle love, the mercy and goodness of God. You can't outrun it. You can't hide from it. You can't lose it. No, at every time and in every place. You know, in Psalm 139, uh, the psalmist talks about, if I were to, to uh, go to the far ends of the earth, there you would be. If I were to make my bed in hell, if I were to totally reject you and leave you, God, still you would be with me. We can never shake God because God draws close to man. It's who he is. He's a pursuer. And you, you are pursued. You are pursued out of love. The God of the universe, your maker, is pursuing your heart every moment of every day of your life. So remember, even your holiness isn't up to you because God is drawing close to you and he will do the work. He will do the heavy lifting. We don't have to go in there with, you know, our, our flashlight on our head. We don't have to go into the deep, dark cave of where we've hidden away all our sin and shame, where we're trying to forget about it or bury it. We don't have to go through the jungle of, of temptation, of uh, all of our confusing thoughts, our anxiety. We don't have to go in there with a machete and, and clear things out on our own. It's not up to you. The father, your father, is the vine grower. He's the one with the plan. He's the one uh, who's responsible for the fruit. He's the one responsible for illuminating those idols, those dead branches, those leafy branches that appear to bear fruit but truly are not bringing you life but actually are sapping your energy. He is the vine grower. So he knows when and how to illuminate those places and to prune them away. Now, we do have to cooperate with that pursuit. We have to respond to that pursuit. Just like Our Lady, 
when the angel visited her and and asked her to be the mother of the Son of God and her yes changed all of human history. Her yes made way for the God's plan of salvation from the beginning of time. It was that simple. Her yes is what set off that chain reaction that results in our salvation, our receiving that same love and invitation to a life of grace, to eternal life. So friend, it's as easy as saying yes to God. If, you've, if you haven't given God your yes, would you do that today, right now? Put your hand on your heart right now and say, God, I give you my yes. God, I give you my yes. Maybe you did it years ago. Maybe you were at a Steubenville con conference and, and you were in this moment and, and you knew God was real and you knew that you were loved, but you know, you've been wandering, you've been drifting, you've been wondering or doubting. Put your hand on your heart right now and say, God, I give you my yes. You're real. I thank you, God, that you're real. I thank you that you love me. I repent of my sins. Holy Spirit, come and illuminate all of those places in me that are keeping me from living that divine life, that cooperation with you, God. I don't want anything in the way. God, I give you my yes. God, I give you my heart. You can pray that in your own words. So we give our yes and we cooperate with the pursuit of God. And one way to do that is simply by uh, staying or getting in a state of grace. That means we want to actually clear out the clutter, any obstacle that, that the Holy Spirit illuminates, anything you know, you know, you know this thing is keeping you from going deeper with the Lord, from being who God created you to be, from living the life that you want to live in him and with him and through him, the life you know in the depths of you that you were made for. Those things bring those things to confession. I remember uh, many years ago, I was going to confession to a very good and holy priest, and he gave me a brilliant piece of advice that has always stayed with me. He invited me in that confession to come back to confession and regularly. And he said, for myself, I go to confession about every two weeks. I notice at about two weeks, I start to get kind of ripe, right? I'm getting like overly soft, squishy. I'm easily getting bruised and dented. The flies are kind of starting to come. Those, those gnats are starting to circle. And soon enough, that ripe fruit, right? There's just such a, a peak window before it starts to rot. And so we want to stay vigilant in our receiving the sacrament of confession. It's not a one and done. It, it's a, a regular tune-up. I just went this morning, and let me tell you something. I went into confession. My coworkers can attest to this. I went into confession. The last week, I've just been grouchy and frustrated and thinking about everything that's not working and hard on myself and hard on other people, easily offended. I'm like that ripe piece of fruit, right? I'm starting to get bruised. The gnats are circling. The fruit flies are coming. I went to confession. I came out. It's like, oh, like, like the veil lifted. The lights came on. This life is so beautiful. I'm loved. Uh, my life is so blessed. God, thank you for taking care of me. I'm so much more sensitive to God's spirit after confession. So I want you to go and I want you to allow the vine grower to remove anything that is sapping 
that life, that vital life from Jesus, the vine, the good life that's flowing through the vine, that gratuitous gift of himself, it gets distributed, it gets wasted on all of these places and things that really don't deserve our heart. They don't deserve our time. We've talked in the past about some obvious ones, sin. Let's get in there. Let's, let's prune that away. We've talked about our schedule, making time for prayer and committing to it. But today I want to talk to you about confession and I want to invite you to receive the sacrament of confession. I don't know if it's been two weeks, if it's been two years, maybe it's been 20 years. Friend, confession is for you. Jesus is waiting for you. Jesus, the vine, he wants to give you his love and his life. He wants you to feel that divine life flowing in your heart and soul. Again, he wants to turn on the lights. And so I want to invite you as you prepare for confession this week. That's your homework. I never give homework. Okay, but that's your homework this week. I want you to go to confession. And before you go, starting right now, let's ask the Father, the vine grower, to show us what he wants to cut away. A good examination of conscience can help with this. We've got one on blessedisshe.net. Uh, we love, uh, our, our staff, we love the examination of conscience on spiritualdirection.com. The USCCB has a number of examinations of conscience. I wanna invite you to really take time prayerfully. But even more importantly, to, to do that examination with the Father, the vine grower. Invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and illuminate my life. Holy Spirit, come and illuminate the vineyard of my life. Let's pray that right now in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, would you come and illuminate the vineyard of our life? Illuminate the vineyard of our soul. Father, you are the vine grower and we want to walk with you through this vineyard very gently lord because of your love and mercy show us those things lord that are obstacles to us receiving your love in your life we invite you lord to cut away anything we give you our yes God, I know it's, it's scary in the beginning to give God your yes. You wonder, how's this going to work out for me? I really like this thing. I, I like this sin. I like this relationship. But, but Lord, we rest in your love, your patient love. We know that we can trust you. So Holy Spirit, would you come and illuminate the vineyard? Father, would you, would you pull back the veil? Would you lift up those leafy branches and show us, God, what's keeping us from you? What's keeping us from receiving your pursuit and your love? God, thank you that it's not up to us. Thank you that our holiness is found in you in simply receiving your love and pursuit. Jesus, we love you. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. I can't wait to hear about your confession. Don't tell me what you confess, but I'd love to hear the fruit 
I'd love to hear about uh, the pursuit of God in your life and, and what the Lord, the Father, the vine grower illuminates this week. God bless you. I'm praying for you. See you next time. Bye.